0: Welcome to Welcome. Theology Thursday. Thursday. Hi mom. It's me and Andre. We're uh... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right, just I'm just going to go straight into it. Here's the tune. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to open up with the story. We're talking about um, pietism. Well, what did you want to, how, you had a good label for this. All right. What's the difference between
1: pietism and biblical piety?
0: So one of the things I, um, I've i always thought, you know, explains this, or it doesn't explain it well, but intros it well. All right. Um, I, I used to go for about eight years. I went every year up to India. All right. And, um, you know, you go to India, it's like a hard trip. Um, and you just, you know, you get into this like soldiering on mode, you know? And, yeah. and then, so uh, and Nick came with me one year and, you know, he he thrives in that environment, Nick Cleveley. <laughs> and, uh, so, so he, you know, he loves it and he's lecturing and I'm feeling all fatigued and he's just totally, totally like strong, like mother <laughs> Russia, you know? And, um, and then. We get on the plane, and w- one of the things we do is we stop over in Singapore typically, and we got a form Baptist church there that we usually hang out with. And <clears throat> if it's over Sunday, we'll preach or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, so we're over there for a night, and so we got a hotel. We Usually, we're just staying in someone's house, but we got a hotel. Because uh, we couldn't work it out that time. And this hotel, it wasn't expensive, but it, everything in Singapore is so flash, right? So, you know, we, we got this, you know, we walked in after India. The juxtaposition is is tremendous, you know? Yeah. Uh, we yeah, walk yeah. in, everything is so clean and new. And, <laughs> and we walk into this hotel and, I mean, I honestly, for me, I'm like basking in the glory. You know, I'm just thinking, dude, yeah. I have arrived. This is amazing. Yeah. And totally. um, shopping malls and just everything. Anyways, we get to the room, and, and Nick's the whole t- the whole way from the airport to the hotel. Nick is is feeling kind of like like antsy, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like mm-hmm. walking with a bit of a hobble, and uh, looking around and sort of mumbling to himself, you know, just irritated, agitated. And yeah. so I'd be like, I'd be like, Nick, what's going on, bro? And he'd just be like, Ah, worldliness, worldliness everywhere. Ah idolatry can't you see the idolatry i'm like you know, i just see neon lights and freaking awesome stuff and and, and he's just like ah oh, he's just you know not, not handling very well at all and so i just thought he was going through a little phase but he keeps going keeps going in the car he's just kind of zoning out and i'm thinking maybe he's just tired you know poor guy you know he's had a good run everyone uh, <laughs> everyone's gonna crash you know and so yeah. we get don't worry nick we get into the the hotel room and uh you know there'll be a comfy bed so truly so we get like one room to save money because we're just there for a little while. And, um, and so <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, hop on the bed, yeah, you know, <laughs> shoes off. I'm like, oh boy, big pimping. I look around, Nick, where are you, man? Nick is sleeping in the corner on the floor. Of the oh. hotel. <laughs> so I wake him up and ask him why he's sleeping on the floor. And he's like, I, you know, he needs to just alleviate himself of all the idolatry going on around him by feeling some level of discomfort but, okay, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> i give you nick Lewis. <laughs> the guy is a machine so i yeah. had to talk him down off the ledge you know and eventually you could see he was rec- making yeah, a real totally. effort to be friendly but he was just not having it, it did all the excess and the superfluous you know i mean you know it's just so anyways for me i was always like i i was mr worldly he was Mr. Pietism, Yeah. And,
1: uh, yeah. Okay. One, maybe up. we yeah, represent the two the, dishes. The... Yeah. Oh man. That's odd. Cool. I know. Yeah. So that's, that's, it's like the, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I the, yeah if I ever come to New Zealand I'm not staying at the Lee <laughs> This is this is definitely what I've learned from the experience I'm really glad that you told that story because <laughs> <laughs> cuz I now know that I just need to find a B&B somewhere if I'm ever <laughs> ever in the Timaru region or whatever. Nah, yeah. no, I stayed oh, at
0: house. He, he puts on a real show but you can tell he's kind of like he's um he's, he's, he's condescending to my weakness. Up yeah. <laughs>
1: He yes, said like, because so you're he the, loves me you weaker he, brother <laughs>
0: yeah he's got a weaker brother on the scene so he's just he's like pull, pulling out the mattress for me and you know that sort of thing yeah totally
1: um, now you see okay so like this is this is exactly it so isn't this quite similar though like doesn't Paul have quite a lot to say about this in, in Colossians because mm-hmm. that's what I think of I think of the you know these these poor Colossians are being duped you know, with all these kind of empty, deceitful philosophies, which are "do not touch, do not taste," mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, the, all these kind of food laws, and probably had some, at least some sort of uh, quasi-Jewish thing going on, maybe even just full-on Judaism. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> and then, um, and Paul's just like, look, these things have the appearance of. Uh, was it what did he say the appearance of wisdom mm. but they have no power to uh, resist the flesh or to fight the flesh or something mm, like that mm, totally um and I think we have to be very very careful because there is a there is a a fake piety mm-hmm. that seems like godliness mm-hmm. but is actually nothing more than worldliness yeah. um you know so there is a kind of you know, like the whole monastic vibe, Mm -hmm. you know, with the desert fathers and those guys mm-hmm. you know all retreating out and not in fasting and having weird diets and standing on poles and and basically like flogging themselves and just trying to make life miserable for themselves because they believed it was a way of climbing the mystical ladder to become mm-hmm. closer to, to God. Mm-hmm. that is worldliness it's it's not biblical spirituality, it's not biblical pietism yeah or piety and <clears throat> and there are all kinds of masquerading forms of godliness like this or so take the Pharisees, for example yeah. Yeah, you know, Jesus launched into the Pharisees, and it wasn't because they didn't have orthodox doctrine um, or that they were like loose sinners or anything. It was because they were over righteous. Mm. You know, and what I mean by that is, you know, in the ecclesiastic sense, you yeah. know, don't be too too righteous. So the mm. the kind of they they're creating additional laws like God's laws w- weren't enough. They're so holy that they keep the commandments that don't even exist. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just mm-hmm. is, you know, it, 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 it is a masquerading kind of tradition of man sort of thing. And you find it all the time in fundamental sort of circles mm-hmm. you know, where it was interesting. I was, cause I've been doing loads of reading about fundamentalism um, uh, just to do with an essay I'm writing and the, the the whole thing about fundamentalism was it meant to be meant to be what evangelicalism is today. Right. Like it's meant it's meant to be a unite on the essential doctrines yep. and yet you know kind of gracious on, on non-essentials. Right. Mm, That's mm. how it was meant to be. But what it became was a kind of flaunting of different rules and traditions that would define godliness. Yeah. You know, so suddenly you can't drink alcohol, you can't, um, you can't smoke anything, you have to dress in a certain way. There's certain things that you can't, but you can't go see movies or have a television. Mm. All this stuff became synonymous with true, true spirituality, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, in in a sense, like it is, it is just imitating what the world would expect. Like when we think of, w- when the world thinks of spiritual, it thinks of the Buddhist monk mm. meditating in some mountain somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and that's genuinely that is a worldly idea. That mm-hmm. in order to find God, you've got to isolate yourself and head up into a mountain. Mm-hmm. And and we do different forms of that all the time, and that it was true of the Pharisees, it was true of the Colossians, I think to some extent true of the Galatians as well, definitely Mm -hmm. true in Corinthians, preaching through Corinthians now. And you realize that basically the Corinthians' problem is they are measuring spirituality according to um, Corinthian values, Mm -hmm. Corinthian Mm -hmm. customs, it's just worldliness. Mm And so like they they are acting as if they're super spiritual because mm-hmm. they're all about tongues and miracles and great shows of oratory and whatever. Mm-hmm. But then in actual fact, Paul's like, that stuff is is utterly meaningless. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's worldliness, you know. Yeah. It's, it's 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 like where is the wise man? Where's the philosopher? These things are powerless to help you grow closer to God or know him or be enriched in any way. And so that's my fear. My fear is that. Actually, when we're doing that, it seems like piety. Mm-hmm. It resonates with what we've read about the great evangelists or missionaries, mm. and so we kind of like it has a it has a smell of of really kind of uh, pious devotion that attracts Christians. But um, but if we're not super careful, we can fall into the line of, of that kind of masquerading worldliness. Mm.
0: Yeah, now as you're talking, I'm sort of thinking. Um, you almost have, because before I was comparing or contrasting um, a pietism with worldliness, which, um, you know, may or may not have some legitimacy, but it's, it's sort of within the realms of legitimate theology. You'd have your more pietistic uh, Christian and your more maybe confessional Christian is a better way to put it than, you know, worldly. Um, I know Michael Horton wants to argue for, uh, you know, hey, we should, there should be worldly Christians in the best possible sense of that term. Um but, um, you know, the, the other side of the spectrum uh, would be a confessional objectivity not as concerned with, you know, all those things that the the the, the pietists um, tend to be completely um, just besotted with, you know. So again, we've got quiet times and, um, you know, your Bible reading, I think of actually uh, in the... In the sixty-nine confession, you've got that coming through in the doctrine of the Sabbath or the the the, the chapter on the Sabbath, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, where you've got hey, put away every single you know worldly thought you've ever had and spend the whole day reading the
1: Bible, <laughs> you know, yeah, just, certainly, just don't yeah, even talk about yeah. anything well, else. Th- yeah. That's what they were like. I mean, those guys they were, they used to have like uh, church went on all day, you know, yeah, um, and it was
0: an ex- it was a show of your piety, you know. That's the yeah. problem. It was like exactly. whether you were into it or not. Was beside the point. You should be into it. So the fact that you're trying at that level is itself, you know, a thing. And look, there's much to be commended in terms. Of, I mean, we're not. That's kind of what I want to do right now. I'm, I'm sort of as before. We we're talking about maybe a, a, a quite an extreme out of the pale of orthodoxy or um, or uh, you know a, a good Christianity. Um, but I'm w- trying to bring it a little bit in and go, you know, within the pales of of you know, let's say, reformed orthodoxy or good good Christianity. You um you you still have these two kind of shades. You got the Pietistic strand, and you know, on the other side, the more Dutch objective confessional uh, side. Which you know, again, what they would th- their thing would be, you know, go to church, confess the faith, you know, b- behave in a way that's consistent with Christian morality. Um, trust that all the objectivity has been worked out. You know, um, and. I think what you see, and maybe a good expression of of those two sort of shades um, or a good uh, indication of those two shades now would be like John Piper would be a classic sort of pietist, you know, preaching yeah, that. that. Absolutely. But it's good, you know, so I'm trying to keep it within the good piety thing. Yeah. And then on the other side, you'd have, yeah. um, I don't know, like, you know, pick your your um, reformed guy there. Um, maybe, maybe Horton would be like... The guy most pushing. Well, I
1: think he's certainly very explicit about the fact that he's not a pietist. so yeah, he's. Yeah. he's probably, or maybe he's probably Scott a Clark
0: man. would be the. <laughs> he'd be like the ultimate non-pietist. But okay, um, I don't know. Yeah, just just someone that's just really not into anything you know of that sort of nature. Um, but but where, what I was going to say is that you know you go to those two kinds of church services, and you know even there you feel it's it's almost like we both needed. You just they both need a little bit of each other in that you know the 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 typical reform service is dry as you know almost i mean almost just sinfully dry you know just like come on and it's all good and well to be relying on objectivity but but i mean you've got to have something of yourself in there you know and um and then, of course, when you go into the extreme versions of of those who have adopted a piperitis kind of, you know, hey, like everyone's got to be on cloud nine and uh, you know enjoying every single second, or they're in you know the worst possible sin. Everything's just too intense, you know. You can't live there, yeah. and um, yeah, yeah. and so they need a little bit of a, the normalizing. You know, I suppose you had that come through in the various uh, books as well, like radical David Platt, you know, versus ordinary yes. Michael Horton.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Michael <know>? Horton. <laughs> And uh, I think it
0: might have been that he was gunning at that book. But, you know, what I have noticed in reading both of those books, though, is that they are not necessarily against each other. They don't need to be. They don't need to be. um, They're not exactly pointing at each other. But they are kind of, you know, and they they do need to be seen um, uh, for what they are, you know.
1: Yeah, I I I think that's right. So I think it might be helpful to define some terms because – yeah. You know, the, the, first of all, there's you know people talk about worldliness that really needs to be defined yeah. because mm. misunderstandings about worldliness abound, and and they um and they also therefore lead to a misunderstanding about what true piety is because mm. you know the, whatever you think worldliness is, you head for the opposite of, mm. and so if you're miss if you're if you're um falsely defining worldliness, you're going to end up in trouble with piety. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the Pietism thing. Um, because i think there is a difference between piety and pietism mm-hmm. and i think i think pietism is the extreme end and so that you know that's the kind of thing that was the reactionary movement that started with lutheranism in like the 17 late 1700s early 1800s and it was a it was a reaction against liberal academic theology that mm-hmm. was rejecting the miraculous that basically didn't believe in god mm-hmm. but was just toying around with the bible mm-hmm. right and and um and it was a reaction against cold orthodoxy. So I guess that would be, you know, when we're talking about confessionalism, mm-hmm. you know, as, as the one sort of end of the, you know, cold orthodoxy is mm-hmm. that, you know, we're just ticking the doctrinal boxes without any real conviction or passion or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. And then on the other hand, you've, you've got pietism, the reaction against that, which is placing all the emphasis on your personal individual experience mm-hmm. and emotions um, you know, so like the, actually doctrines don't matter. It's about, it's about experiencing and loving Jesus. And you mm. see sort of contemporary movements of that today and mm. um, within evangelicalism. So I guess more charismatic churches tend to yeah. be on the pietist end. Yeah. They place a lot of emphasis on experience. They place a lot of em- emphasis on the individual, um, a lot of exp- emphasis on emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, y- you know, you've got, I guess, your, I fair to say like the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, that end of the spectrum.
0: Totally. Totally. Is yeah. like
1: is more confessional, so they're much less you know, almost a bit worried if you start to get emotional. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta keep it cool. I'm kind thinking of thing, more like
0: because but- they still have the Scottish roots and everything. I'm thinking more like the the Dutch kind of that certainly in South Africa the Doppler and um you know, the, uh, the one heavily time. Dutch side, you know, they, they're, they're Although like, the
1: Dutch, like you had the post-Reformation Dutch guys and they were, they were still quite strong on piety. Like, you, you yeah, know. that's true. Yeah. It's almost
0: like, so like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So everyone's got their strands, you know.
1: So it's everywhere. It yeah. is everywhere. And, yeah. and you, and you just have to be careful with that. But, yeah. um, so pietism for me, if I had to define it mm-hmm. is an emphasis on, on, um, individualism, mm-hmm as opposed to the corporate nature of Christian piety. Mm-hmm. It's making it an individual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's private rather than public. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about experience, you know, the mm-hmm. subjective experience of relationship or walking with Christ rather mm-hmm. than the objective realities about what Jesus has done.
0: Yeah, one way you so, see that come through is, you know, we're talking about the subjective, objective thing. Um you know, typically in a reformed church, you you'd be like you'd be you know christened when you were a child, and you wouldn't really have a conversion experience, so to speak. You know, you just sort of continue to believe the the doctrines that, that were handed down to you, and uh, you may be confirmed in them at some point as you give your personal assent to those things. But that's that's about the most you are expected to kind of you know personally feel. Uh, whereas you know on the other side of the spectrum, uh, you you had those who you really aren't properly a Christian. Until you are, you know, drawn into this really climactic experience of, you know, even though you grew up in a Christian household not enough. You need to, a, you know, yeah. you have to go through the depths of hell for a weekend at least, and mm. uh, and then emerge, you know, a, a, by seeing the light descend upon you, and you know, and uh, you feel the presence of God, almost like a finny experience. Or and you see a lot of it come through in the in the uh, Baptist tradition as well. You know, they talk about the so, Puritans. Yeah. The Puritans had a lot of that Pietism, um, and uh, and and so yeah, again, it's just helpful to see those extremes because you're like, well all right, it's both, it's definitely, you know, you need some of both, but both, uh, you know, anything too extreme there is going to lead into trouble.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that is the thing, um, because, you know, what pietism has, has, has done negatively mm-hmm. is that it's turned our eyes off of the finished work of Christ, yeah. and it's made us almost see churches like an ex Optional extra, you know, and so your whole form of piety becomes your quiet times, and you start basically you measure your whole Christian life by whether or not you've you've consistently had quiet times that week. Like that's it. That's the sum total of Christian piety, Mm -hmm. basically at a practical level for most evangelicals. To have you done your devotions, you know, like that's it. And it's just there is a lot more to Mm -hmm. Christian piety than that. Mm -hmm. And so negatively, it's that, but positively. I think, you know, well, the way I kind of tend to frame it is that basically we are people. Mm-hmm. And and that although you don't want to make love primarily an emotional thing, mm-hmm. you know, if you only talk about loving God in terms of obedience to Him, mm-hmm. um, you lose out, I think, a lot on, on what it means to love someone as a human being. Like you just, you just, you can't do that. In any other sphere of 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 life that we know of, you can't. Mm-hmm. If you have a marriage, where love only means doing your duty, um, and or if you love your father or your son only in the sense that you have done well by them. Mm-hmm. You know, without any kind of emotional connection, I think that is an impoverished relationship.
0: Yeah, or marriage. You know, you sort of like I made a commitment and I'm sticking to it. You know, and yeah. wow, that's very that's awesome. I'm sure that's gonna be a great date night. You know, um, y- you know, you need more than that. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look each other's eyes, and
1: you know, yeah,
0: go go to pop concerts. You gotta, you, you gotta, gotta do all that you stuff.
1: got me wrapped up.
0: Yeah, exactly. You gotta yeah. sing. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. You need, but we try to walk a line. Um, I would say we're 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 definitely from a pietistic tradition uh, definitely. All, all evangelicalism is but we've leaned over to a slightly you know we've we've journeyed and I think now we're trying to walk a line with a slight lean on. Uh, the Reformed side, the the non-pietistic side. Yeah, it's it's just interesting
1: because actually all evangelicalism is a pietistic movement. Yeah, like, that's right. It, you know, it's it's another reaction against cold orthodoxy and liberal theology. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you could trace it back to the Great Awakenings, and you know that's really where it started. So that whole kind of revivalist mentality, you know. Um, Uh, where you are constantly waiting for that amazing move of God to do something Mm. um, extraordinary. And that's, that's why I think Michael Horton and the ordinary stuff is very helpful Mm. because it's saying, actually God isn't only at work when something extraordinary is happening, actually is at work through the ordinary as well. And that is, I think very, very helpful um, correction on the way most evangelicals think. And it's because our whole movement started with the awakenings, you know? So like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big part of what evangelicalism is. And most evangelicals just fall into that, mm. um, certainly I did, without mm. thinking anything otherwise. Like mm-hmm. evangelicalism or piet- pietism is Christianity. Mm-hmm. But you know when this really gets exposed? Well it's when we start using stuff like to describe what is tr- true uh, christianity versus false christianity and we use our popular labels like christianity is a re- is a relationship mm. you know it's mm. about a relationship with jesus mm. you, you know I, I i i have a relationship with jesus it's not a religion it's a relationship mm. but then then when you realize that actually liberals use the same language yeah you great start point. to realize, hang on, that that isn't good enough. That's you need enough. something external as well. Or, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed this, but Muslim apologists use this language a yeah. lot. Yeah, they talk point. about a personal relationship with Allah. Yeah,
0: and interesting. They,
1: and and that's partly because they're rubbing shoulders with Christianity, I think. Yeah. Um, and they've picked up on what our chief criticisms are, and yeah. so they're kind yeah. of using that back on us. But uh, maybe there's some stuff going on within Islam, I don't know. Yeah. But... Um, like I, i've started to notice that sort of language being used by muslims as well so they mm. talk about loving allah they talk about um having a personal relationship with allah and you start to realize that if personal relationship with jesus is is our only way of framing true christianity mm. then we're in real trouble because oh, that's really a... that's how how everyone talks it's yeah. not unique to us
0: yeah hence the um you know again just amazingly helpful stuff that horton has been doing I, it's, yeah. it's crazy because you know. I, I think I probably wouldn't enjoy going to his church because it would just be too dry and too ordinary. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, but at the same time, like, you know, again, just to, it's, we're just constantly trying to balance each other out in that sense. And, um, and, um, I think, you know, I think if I had to adopt wholeheartedly everything he has to say, I'm still so essentially pietistic. I I would, I would never really go all the way to, to where, you know, he has landed. But it, it would be totally healthy. And that's why I think to, to push his stuff in our generation is really, it is just uh, always good, you know?
1: Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, it's, yeah. No, I was just going to say, um, the, the, this has been a really helpful conversation. I think we probably need to look at it some more. Um, because yeah, mm-hmm. we've just sort of intro rambled uh, more than that. Got down to some some real sort of distinctions that we could talk about. But maybe just as an introduction for people who hear us talk about the the difference there, that's helpful. Um, and uh, yeah, totally. let, let's be yeah. sure to come back to it um, as well. Uh, this is getting on, so let's let's wrap this one up. Um, any other mm-hmm. comments, there, all before we wrap up? No, with you,
1: no, no, I think that's good. Yeah, I mean, I got a bunch of other things to say, but it, yeah. would, lo- it would launch us into new new. New territory So I think it's probably good To draw a line under it there And it's
0: getting late And we don't want to talk About Federal Vision again 1689 Federal yeah. Vision
1: Federal, federal 1689ism
0: <laughs> we, don't, <laughs> we don't want to do that again that,
1: no. was, that was a solid waste Of our lives No I do have some thoughts About that though yeah. I have been doing Some more thinking about that Okay we should get after yeah. to that too
0: There we go See so stay <laughs> Stay tuned We'll come back And talk about some more Of that stuff That's um it. Thanks bro
1: No worries